Innes Forgettance is a folk fantasy podcast set in an alternate Appalachia and faraway Celtic fort. You can help support me and this story by sharing it with your friends, posting on social media, or by clicking the link in the description to buy me a coffee. I'm glad you joined me this week, and stay safe out there in the woods. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to come to you with a special message. Last week, I got to hang out with Justin, Ryan, and Lance of AI, Appalachian Intelligence Podcast, and I had such an awesome time hanging out with them. We traded ghost stories and talked about the behind the scenes of the Innis Forgettens, and it was such a fun intriguing, engaging conversation. I think you will love that episode. So there is a link in the show notes for you to check it out. And be sure to check out all of their episodes. They have so many fascinating conversations exploring the weird, the unexplained, the paranormal, and altered history of Appalachia. So I think you will really enjoy AI Appalachian Intelligence Podcast. And stick around after today's episode, because I have another message for you then. Previously on the Innis Forgettance, sudden news of Sam Keller's death threw the Hollis family into a mixture of mourning and relief. After all, old man Keller was the one pushing for a night of assurance for the Hollis family, a life-threatening test to determine if Sarah and Porter are possessed. His sudden death postponed the night of assurance, temporarily. But Pa is the town's only woodworker, and he rushed to build a casket. Great Aunt Nula hurried to help Rose prepare the body for the wake. And Henrietta, well, her plan to poison her sister with the soul frost, the only way to end someone's life without extinguishing their gifting forever, is postponed until she can get Nula alone once again. Porter in Inniscombe The Keller home place glowed with lantern light, Porter could see shadows of mourners moving in the window, on the porch, in the safely lit periphery of their yard. The Hollis wagon bumped closer. They wouldn't stay long, Pa promised, just long enough to unload the casket and for Mama to drop off a plate of food and her condolences. It still felt too long. 
skateboarder clenched his toes inside his boots. How many people knew about old man Keller wanting a night of assurance? When they arrived, Porter could make out Dolly's silhouette, sitting knees to chest on the front porch with her hands covering her eyes. When she saw them, she hurried to her feet and rushed out to meet them. Porter was the first out of the wagon. "'What are y'all doing here? You need to go!' she said, eyes pinging from him to Colleen to Sarah to Sal. "'Go,' said Sal. "'I brought the casket.' Dolly hugged herself. She must have forgotten her cloak, and she spoke through chattering teeth. "'Leave the casket, then leave!' Dolly, what is it? Porter cupped her elbows and she gripped him. The unlockin'. Her eyes were so wide, the whites encircled her pupils. She lowered her voice to a whisper. Old man Keller? He... He hadn't passed on yet, Porter. I saw him. She shook her head. Not... not him... His, his spirit, his essence, like, like a glowing blue ball of twine. And I, I helped him, I helped him get out of his body. I helped him go somewhere, the place he needed to go. I think he needed to go. What did I do? What if I steered him wrong? Porter, what just happened? We're... The triad, he whispered. What? Henrietta told me about him in the beginning. The story keeper, the locksmith, and the soul shepherd. What on earth does a soul shepherd do? Uh, I think you did it without anyone having to tell you, Dolly. Sal groaned. Help me unload this thing, son. We'll leave it by the porch. Porter gave Dolly's hands a squeeze, reluctantly releasing her. They unloaded the casket and abruptly set it down. Its lid clattered, and Dolly jumped as though it had been a gunshot. Porter fought the urge to rush to her and take her into his arms. Whatever she experienced must have truly unhinged her. He wished he could talk with her alone. The cabin door scraped open. Dolly's pap and the three older boys came out, followed by Ma, holding little Hank's hand. We're taking the boys home. Delonica, what's the matter? You look shaken. Dolly tucked a loose strand of her hair behind her ear, as though struggling to gather her thoughts. I guess I'm just rattled from helping with the setting up. Come on home with us, then, Ma said. Let's get you home to rest. Rachel Bullwright's here. She can help Davina if need be. Dazed, Dolly returned the lantern to the porch and climbed into their family's wagon. She looked at Porter, her dark eyes intense with worry. Tell me y'all aren't gonna stay long. 
Sal shot a dark look at his son, his daughter, and his wife. We ain't staying any longer than we need to. Sarah and I will go in. I'll let Al know the casket's here. We'll give our condolences and the food Sarah made, and then it's back home. Sarah, find Aunt Nula and see if she needs to rest at home or if she'll stay the whole night. Dolly's pap clicked the reins, and their wagon lurched forward. Sal and Sarah entered the Keller cabin, leaving Porter and Colleen outside. Porter leaned against the wagon, watching until Dolly's wagon disappeared up the dirt road. Sam's gone, Colleen said, her voice low. Yep, Porter said, resisting the urge to tell her Dolly's role in the event of his death. That means Aunt Nula and Miss Davina are now the only living souls to know what he wanted for our family, she said. That we know of, Porter added grimly. Colleen paced back and forth, hugging her cloak tight around her. Their breaths puffed in the winter air. The lanterns hanging from the sides of the wagon shivered along with Boris and Banjo's twitching. Never seen dappled the night air, floating through the town as though they were a part of the current of an invisible river around lantern-lit houses like large stones in their path. The Keller cabin faced west. When Porter turned, he could see never seen trickling from the west mountain, clustering more tightly together the closer they were to their horrible sleeping place. Have you tried yet since last night in the loft? His voice sliced the silent winter night. Colleen stopped moving. No, I'm kind of scared. You'll have to get over that if you want to walk in your calling. Gee, brother, thanks. She glared at him, but he smirked at her, and she smirked back. Well? Well what? I'm bored, Porter said. You're anxious. We could use a distraction right about now. Now? She stalked over to the wagon and leaned against it beside him. It's got to be sometime. It won't be a secret forever. You might as well practice. After all, Henrietta granted you the ability to pull the forgettings away. She pursed her lips, her forehead tightening in concentration. She stared into the Keller cabin's twinkling windows. I really am scared, Porter. I know. He shifted to face her, but she kept her gaze straight ahead. I'm scared, too. But, Collie, don't it make you angry, righteously angry, the way this town lives? Any friendships are just a farce. They fall apart when enough superstition comes between. Don't you want to just shake things up? Pull the rug out from under them? 
He jerked his arm as if to yank an invisible rug. Let everyone fall with us. He shrugged. Maybe once we've all fallen, we'll all get up together. You're just trying to get your outspoken sister to do your bidding, hmm? Nah, Porter said. I'm prepared to do my own work. But it's not going to be enough without you. At that, she turned, watched him for a minute. You're just putting this in words that'll make me act. What is it that you want? He didn't blink. What I've always wanted, Colleen. Freedom and healing for Mama, and the damn haints gone forever. Colleen gave one nod. Sighing, she muttered, Let's see if I can do it like Henrietta told me. For a moment, she closed her eyes. Porter watched her concentrate, taking measured breaths, her fists clenching rhythmically, as though solidifying her resolve. Keeping her hands against her waist, she suddenly fanned out her fingers as though freeing a sparrow. Mist blew outward from her. She gasped. Porter's stomach did flips as the mist spiraled and began to take shape. Hello again, everybody. So, I wanted to let you know during this shorter episode that we are in the final third of the Innis Forgettens story. I cannot believe it. It blows my mind at how many of you have been along for the ride. My jaw is on the floor. I'm just astounded and overjoyed at how many of you are enjoying this adventure and coming along with me for the ride as I'm creating it. It blows my mind and touches my heart. Thank you for following and rating the show and telling your friends. That being said, I am planning to stick around for several episodes after the story concludes to answer your questions. So if you have a question for me about the story, the characters, the world, the magic, the way it came to me as a writer and how it got made, or even about writing and inspiration in general, you can submit questions to me through my website, and there is a link in the show notes for that as well. So I am so excited to hear from you and connect with you further through this AMA. Thank you so much, and I will be back next week. The Innis Forgettance was written, narrated, and produced by me, Leah Noel, with special appearance by David Walker. The original song, Beware the Never Seen, was written, composed, and performed by Georgia musicians Miles Landrum and Lorelei. You can find links to more of their excellent music in the show notes. Sound effects came from the kind folks at freesound.org. You can follow this podcast with behind the scenes and more on Instagram and TikTok at Leah with a pen. Ooh.